الحمد للہ وقفا وسلام اللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم فسقم کما عمر تمن تاب ماک سبحان رب کرم عزت اما یسفون وسلام المرسلین الحمد للہ بن عالمین اللہ مسلی علیہ سینا محمد ابادہ So today we just review that briefly and then now we want to speak to the women about another topic which is called istikama. Alhamdulillah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed this ummah with great mu'minat. And you see in Quran al-Kareem Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has addressed women even more than he has addressed men. Why? Because whenever Allah SWT uses the masculine plural form of a word, let's say mu'mineen, muslimin, sadiqeen, that includes men and women both. That's the way Arabic grammar is. That the masculine plural form includes men and women both. But sometimes Allah Ta'ala has also specifically mentioned the women believers in Qur'an. Sabirat, Qanitat, Sadiqat, Mutasaddiqat, Zakirat, Mu'minat, Muhsinat. And in that, only and only the women are addressed. So it means that every single time Allah Ta'ala uses the grammatical male form, women are also addressed. And every time Allah Ta'ala uses the grammatical feminine form, obviously women are addressed. So women are actually should feel that in Qur'an al-Kareem, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala has many times especially spoken to me. Alhamdulillah in history. In the first 1200 years of Islamic history, <coughs> women used to have a special relationship with Allah SWT. More ibadah, because men were busy working, but the women had more time for ibadah, more time for praying, more time for reciting, more time for remembering, more time for ibadah. But in this day and age, this modern fast life that we find ourselves in, in the last 100-200 years, there's been a difference in the women of the ummah. And they no longer seem to have that more time for ibadah. There no longer seems to be that difference between men and women. In early times, Muslim women in their homes, sometimes they used to dedicate an entire room in their house for ibadah. Or they would dedicate a section or portion or corner of a room for ibadah. And this was such a widespread practice that the jurists of Islam, fuqaha, they even came up with a term for this, They call it Masjid al-Bayt, that the masjid that the women had made in their home, and not fully a masjid in the sense of waq, but was a place dedicated for ibadah. Many times we see now the women, they don't have that anymore. They don't have that space anymore. This was the place where she would have her musalla, her janamaz, her musaf, her tasbih, her Islamic books, her literature. This was her own masjid, her own musalla, her own khanka, her own zawiya. This is where she used to do daily chilla. 
And because the women don't have so much ibadah anymore, they don't have that place anymore. Second difference is that in early times, the women used to teach the children Qur'an themselves. Every woman was a mullima. That's why for until 1950, until the 1900s, you will never see anything in Islamic history called a maktab. There's no such thing as maktab. Because every home was a maktab. The children were not sent to teachers to learn basics of Qur'an and basics of Islam. This was taught in the home. And many times it was the women who would be the teachers, mouths in the home. So can you imagine how much Qur'an al-Kareem was recited in their homes where every single child was taught Qur'an in the home. And that means their home, in addition to having that dedicated space for ibadah and zikr, also had the barakah of the children learning Qur'an and reciting Qur'an. And that recitation brings with it a mercy. Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, إِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنُ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَأَنْسِتُوا لَأَلَّكُمْ تُلْحَمُونَ That when Qur'an is recited, listen to it intently and be silent, so that the mercy that Allah Ta'ala descends upon the recitation of that Qur'an, so that mercy can also overwhelm you. So rahmah of Allah Ta'ala descends when Qur'an and where Qur'an is being recited. But now the women haven't kept their homes as a place of recitation. So all the children, they go to masjid, after school, maktab, weekend, maktab. And now the home is empty of the recitation of the children. And Sayyidina Rasulullah, he warned the men that if you pray all your sunnah, all your nafil, do all your bada in the masjid. So the word he said, he said, your homes will become kubur, your homes will be like cemeteries, graveyards. And if the women are not doing ibadah and the children aren't doing their talawah, then that means the home has become like a graveyard. So this is a big difference. Why did this difference happen? Well, because the third difference happened is that women were more involved in society. Before women hardly left their home. Now women, especially in a society like this, they leave their home to drop the children, they leave the home to pick the children, they leave the home to go to Asta, they leave the home to go shopping, and they may even leave the home for family gathering. And there may even be few women who work within the bounds of Sharia. If they have a job that is permissible in Sharia, they're very strict and lengthy conditions for that. But if that is the case, then she is even leaving the home for that. So, so much they're now outside in society. And if she doesn't partake and participate in society according to the teachings of Haya, which means outward haya, full shari nabas, and inward haya, her inner modesty, if she compromises on her outer, outer haya or inner haya, then that participation in society weakens her iman. It weakens her. It takes the nur of iman out of her. It becomes a harmful participation in society. And then on top of that, the society itself, because it's not organized on taqwa and haya, itself is spiritually harmful. Such that a woman ends up exposing herself to spiritual radiation. So when the ulama of our ummah, and especially ulama Deoband, they saw this problem even in their own home countries, let alone countries abroad. So starting in the 1970s, they started opening madrasa and darlum for women, which was pretty much almost non-existent, almost non-existent until that time. 
and then the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, mashallah, now in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, thousands of Islamic educational institutes for women, thousands, providing them ilm of Quran, ilm of Hadith and Sunnah, ilm of Fiqh, ilm of Tafsir, ilm of Seerah, ilm of Tarikh, ilm of Arabic grammar, ilm of Balagha, ilm of poetry, even that, yes? But very few women in the West partake in that knowledge. So they're not getting the nur of the ilm. Which the ulama wanted that they should get the nur of the ilm that will protect them from the radiation and spiritual harm in society. And also then they will become a group of women raised on that ilm, who have the nur of that ilm, who can then be agents of change in their Muslim community, who can guide and help the Muslim women of that community. And similarly, the Mashaikh of Tasawwuf also expanded the teaching of zikr and gave more easy access to women to teach and to learn zikr. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself has said in Quran, وَالذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا وَالذَّاكِرَاتِ And the male believers, men believers who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly, and the women believers who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly. So today then we want to give some practical advice because many times before we have spoken to the women of Bolton about the theory and history of women becoming zakirat. So today we want to talk practically. How can a woman become amongst the zakirat? And every woman, it should be her intention. Why? Because it's a word in Quran. And that word in Quran is a word revealed by Ar-Rahman. And that word revealed by Ar-Rahman is for every woman to put in her heart. So every woman who is from the Mu'minat, her heartfelt desire should be that I want to be amongst the Zakirat as well. I want to adorn myself with every single attribute and characteristic that Allah Ta'ala has mentioned for the Mu'minat. And I want to be amongst the Zakirat, amongst those women believers who remember Allah SWT abundantly. So this topic then of today is Istikamah. فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ وَمَنْ تَابَمَاك What does it mean? That many times a woman does not have istikama in her zikr, in her ibadah, in her salah, in her deen, in her sabr, in her shukr, in her haya, in any of her sifat. So it's a big question that people have that how will I get istikama? So first thing, let's look at this ayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in fact first and foremost addressing Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ That, O oh my beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you must have istikama kama umirta as has been commanded upon you. وَمَنْ تَابَ مَعَكْ And each and every person from sahaba, sahabiyat who did tawbah with you directly and each and every person who will make tawbah later on and follow the teachings of your nabuwa and Qur'an Every one of them after Tawbah, the next step is for them to spend their life trying to get istikama. So the first thing that we learn from this is that istikama is a goal for each and every one of us. Because every one of us wants to be mandaba ma'ak. Every one of us wants to be a person who has made Tawbah with Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam Has made Tawbah to Allah with Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam. So you can read it, insert here, وَمَنْ تَابَ إِلَى اللَّهِ مَعَكْ That person who made tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
with Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Either we make tawbah to Allah with the Prophet directly, that is the Sahabiyat, or we make tawbah to Allah Subhanahu with someone who made tawbah with someone who made tawbah with someone who made tawbah with someone through an unbroken continuous chain of transmission back to Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Every one of us is supposed to make a tawbah to Allah Subhanahu with someone that is mentioned in Quran. That is a way of doing tawbah, a way of doing tawbah. And that is the bait of tawbah that our mashaykh of the sawaf take. This is bait of tawbah simply means that I'm making tawbah to Allah with someone who also made tawbah to Allah with someone and trained themselves to get istikama. And they made tawbah to Allah with someone, with somebody who had also trained themselves to get istikama. And they had also made bait of tawbah to Allah with someone. And on and on and on. Back to Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this istikama, how does a person get this istikama? Through tazkiyah, tarbiyah, ta'aleem and tadris. Through tazkiyah, through the purification of our heart. Tarbiyah. By training, doing islah and rectifying our adab, our akhlaq, our sifat. By ta'lim and ta'lim al-kitab. By formally being taught and formally learning Qur'an and deen under the ulama of Qur'an and deen. And tadris and then listening to dars, wa'az, nasiha, advices, admonishments on deen. This is how a person gets istikamah. This is how a person overcomes their ghafla, their susti, their heedlessness, their mindlessness. So what is the first step that is mentioned? Man tabak, the first thing is tawbah. So we've spoken once before on a whole separate topic, how to have istikamat on tawbah. How to be true to one's tawbah. First a person has to be true tawbah, then a person has to be true to one's tawbah. But briefly for today, we will give a couple of practical steps. How can a person have istikamat on their tawbah? Number one is that every single day, we have to make istighfar. And while making that istighfar hundred times, we have to do muhasaba. We have to call ourselves to account. What does that mean? We should identify our sin, notice our sin, be aware of our sins, testify to our sins. Accept, acknowledge our sin, maybe even make a list of our sins. And after we've made that list one by one to try to fix ourselves, to remove that sin, remove the cause of that sin, disconnect ourselves from everything and everyone that is connecting us to that sin, that is called muhasaba. Means a regular, sustained self auditing of the self and taking to account of the self in order to remove all of the sins and anything that we do that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in addition to doing that, it's very important that you should learn a second thing. And this is something that's generally throughout the deen. And that is that we should not be just akli, we have to be kalbi. Our deen is akli nahi kalbi hai. That in our deen we don't just operate on the basis of rationality and common sense. We don't just make use of strategy and technique. No, we have to be kalbi. What does kalbi mean? That we have to put our heart into it. So yes, we can make a list of sins. 
Yes, we can make istighfar with our tongue. Yes, we can plan and strategize how to leave those sins, disconnect everything from everything that connects us to sin. But we also have to work on our heart. Working on our heart is two bines. Number one is we have to put the feelings of iman into our kalb. And for example, the feeling of remorse and regret that leads to tawbah, the feeling of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that prevents us from the sin in the first place. We have to put the feelings in our heart to remain true to our tawbah. And the second meaning of being kalbi means we have to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If nothing else, we can say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I beg you for forgiveness for that list of sins that I wrote down the other day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm presenting that list in front of you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, I ask you to change these things about me. I ask you to fix these things about me. I ask that you send your bounty, blessing, mercy upon me. So we have to be kalbi, we have to turn our heart towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the way a person will have istiqama on their tawbah. Daily istighfar, daily muhasaba, and making use of dua and working on their heart to feel those feelings. Second aspect of istiqama is called taqwa. Taqwa. So we first make tawbah, then we try to have istiqama on our tawbah, then we are also trying to have moments and periods of taqwa, and eventually we want to have istiqamat on our taqwa. What does it mean to have a moment or a period or a phase of taqwa? It means a few days where I didn't do any sin, I didn't backbite anyone, I wasn't jealous of anyone, I wasn't arrogant, I didn't miss my prayers. They had some span of taqwa. But then if they lose it because they fall into sin, or they lose it because they miss some required deed, that means they need to get istiqamat on their taqwa. So first we will get a moment, an act, an expression of tawbah, that is called bayah. Then we will try to be mustaqim on that tawbah, try to remain steadfast on that tawbah, true on that tawbah. Then along that journey we will get some moments, acts, times of taqwa. Then the last journey will be we want to get istiqamat on our taqwa. Every single second of our life we want to fear Allah Ta'ala as He deserves to be feared, know Him as He deserves to be known, be aware of Him as it is right that He should be aware of. We want istiqamat on taqwa. First with istiqamat on tawbah, second with istiqamat on taqwa. Just like we gave a practical tip for istiqamat on tawbah, make your bahasaba, make list of sins, make istighfar. There's also a practical way to get istiqamat on taqwa, and that is you have to take some steps of taqwa, do some acts of taqwa. There have to be some things in our life every day that we do them for the sake of taqwa, not because they're farz, not because they're wajib, but the reason we did it was because we want taqwa. The reason we did it because it was an act of taqwa. It was an amal salih. It was an act of virtue and piety. An act of worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we need to increase in our acts of taqwa. Even however small they may be, however few they may be. The more and more we increase in our acts, amal of taqwa, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us istiqamat on taqwa. And if we don't do any a'mal of taqwa, then we're in danger of not fully feeling the full force feeling of taqwa. And then we again may fall into sin. <laughs> so the first thing in istiqamat is to be steadfast in tawbah. Second thing in istiqamat is to be steadfast or try to be steadfast or at least steadily, continually take steps towards taqwa. 
And as we mentioned to the men today in Fajr, after Fajr, that Taqwa and Tawbah, these are the two feelings. That a heart of a believer should always be in either on one or the other or between these two feelings. Either they're on full taqwa, which means she doesn't commit anything that's displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or if she ever slips, she makes sure to make immediate tawbah. And by making more and more tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah ta'ala's mercy will come on her heart and that He will gift upon her, He will bestow her taqwa. Third type of istikamat is called istikamat in ibadah. We have to be more regular in our ibadah. And this happens that many women, they have ups and downs, they fluctuate, they have surges and dips in their ibadah. Some days, mashallah, they can do a lot of, what we're talking about is nafil ibadah. They can do a lot of nafil ibadah. Other days, they do very little nafil ibadah. Some days, they do zero nafil ibadah. And sometimes this becomes whole phases. For 10, 15, 20 days, she may pray to hajjad every night. But then all of a sudden comes 10, 15, 20 days where she misses fajr. Sometimes women have this, they go through surges. For one month, they never miss their Qur'an. And all of a sudden, they start skipping their Qur'an. So to have istikama in ibadah, and specifically we're talking about nafil ibadah. Another way you can understand this is to get istikamat on deen through ibadah. How to become firm and steadfast on deen, that is through nafil ibadah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that he loves istikamat in nafil ibadah. Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in hadith, Ahambul a'mali in the law. The most beloved of acts and actions in Allah ta'ala's regard Adumamuha are the ones that have done with the most mudawama, the most regularly, the most constantly, the most consistently. But in Allah, even if they're few in number. So now I'm going to list a series of nafil ibadat. Yes, not every one of us can do every one of these every day, no doubt. But we should never let these nafil ibadat become completely absent from our life. We should never let our book of deeds be completely empty from them. We should not let years and months go by before we do amal on them. So there will be some nafil ibadah that we have to do regularly and there's going to be another type of nafil ibadah that we should we will be doing occasionally. But there should be no nafil ibadah about which it could be said about us that we never do it. So first those nafil ibadah that we will do regularly Number one, that is Talawat al-Qur'an. Every single day to have a practice of reciting Qur'an al-Kareem. Those women who have more time, more strength, they can recite one juz. Otherwise, they should recite half a juz, half a para. And if they don't even have the himma and strength for that, they should recite whatever they are able to with the intention that they want to become regular in it and that they want to gradually increase it until they reach that half juz. The first ibadah, nafil ibadah, that we have to do constantly, consistently, have istikama on it, that is called tilawat quran Second nafil ibadah that we have to do regularly is istighfar, that we mentioned above in the context of tawbah and his muhasaba, that we have to make istighfar 100 times. Astaghfirullah rabbi bin kulli wa I seek the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rabbi, my Rabb. 
min kulli zanbin from all sins. Wa atubu ilayh and I turn in tawbah towards him alone. And you should try to say this with feeling. More and more feeling. As much feeling as you can feel. And if you do it every day, what is the benefit of this istikama? So imagine if somebody washes a piece of clothing 100 times a day and they do it every single day and they do it for years, then you, you, everybody would know that no matter how deep the stain is, if the person washes it 100 times a day and does that for years, then they will be able to remove that stain. So we want to have istikama on our istikfar so that the sin, that spiritual stains of the sins that we did and the negative effects of the sins that we did, we can wipe them away and wash them away permanently and once and for all. Istikamat and tilawa, istikamat and istikfar, and the third is istikamat and salawat. One hundred times a day to recite salawat, durood sharif on Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Now just to give you an idea of what a woman would have gotten, Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith that every time any member of the ummah recites salawat upon him once, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will recite salawat on them ten times. What does it mean that if we recite hundred times the retreat a day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends 1,000 salawat on us a day. And if we had done that for three years regularly, in those three years, Allah ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have sent, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have sent on our kalb, on our heart, over 1 million salawat. Yes? Because 1,000 times a day, 365 days a year, 36,500, oh, 365,000 salawat a year. In three years, that makes it 1.15 million salawat. Now you tell me that woman, if in three years, across the three years, every day she got 1,000 salawat of Allah Ta'ala on her heart, and over the three years she got 1.15, or whatever the number adds up to, 1 million plus salawat, could she after that experience still have depression and tension and sadness? That heart that has received one million salawat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, can it still have such feelings? It's not possible. Not possible. So this is the value. We just paused to show you this, to show you the fazila, the value, the virtue, the merit, the benefit of having istikamat on nafal ibadah. These were three types of nafal ibadah that we mentioned that a person should have istikamaton. The fourth is what our mashayikh have taught as bukuf al-qalbi. It means that 24 hours a day, all the time, whenever she is awake and not doing formal ibadah, she should in her heart and her mind always be remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always feeling feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All the time. Always reminding, 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 reminding our heart. So our heart starts remembering, remembering, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then our qalb, our heart will start reminding us about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this she should do thousands, thousands of times a day. 
so much istikama that all the time she is reminding herself in her heart of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the fifth ibadah, nafil ibadah that Rabbi Shaykh say that we should do regularly and have istikama on, that fifth nafil ibadah is called muraqaba. Muraqaba means to sit down and disconnect yourself from everything in this world and to focus on the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name, his ism azm, ism tilala, Allah. And simply to make niyat that your qalb is saying Allah, Allah, Allah. And you are just listening to it. And you are unaware of everything else. And the only thing you are aware of is the zikr of Allah, Allah coming from your heart. These are the five nafil ibadat that our Mashaik have said we should have istikamatan. We should try to do them regularly. In addition, there is another set of nafil ibadat that we should try to do. Some of them we should try to do as much as possible. Some of them we will only be able to do occasionally. Those that we should try to do as much as possible. Number one, these are called the Masnoon Du'as. Ideally we should do these regularly. The Du'as that Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam did before eating, after eating, before sleeping, upon waking, entering masjid, exiting masjid, entering home, exiting home, putting on new clothing. So many Du'as of the Prophet Wasallam. We should learn them and we should make it a regular practice to use them. Similarly, if there's any masnoon, adhkar and amal mentioned on the authority of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam, then we can make use of that as well. But that, that zikr is secondary to the zikr that the Mashaikh mentioned. Now many people don't understand this. And how could you say that? The zikr that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in hadith, such as saying, SubhanAllah wa bihamdi SubhanAllah al-Azim, seven times after Fajr and Maghrib. How can you say that that is secondary to the zikr mentioned by the Mashaykh? reason is, is that the zikr mentioned by the Mashaykh is secondary in the status and the fazila. Obviously the zikr mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ has primary and priority. However, the zikr that is mentioned by the Mashaykh is secondary in fazila, but it is primary in tazkiyah. Why? Because it's a type of ilaj, it's a type of cure. It will be more efficient in curing the heart of its diseases and its ghafla. Once the heart is cured of its diseases, then the heart will benefit more from the sunnah azkar than they will from the sussla azkar. So the different azkar have different purposes, different benefits, different efficacies. Just like when a person takes medicine, the medicine is to cure them. Once they're cured, then having a healthy, robust diet is better for them. But while they're taking the medicine, sometimes they have to be careful about what they eat. In order that the medicine may be able to cure them, they need to focus more on the medicine. Once the medicine has had its intended impact and effect, and the person is cured, then they can return to the other things. Okay, next there is some... Nafil ibadat that we should, all of us, we should do occasionally, even though we may not be able to do it all the time. First amongst that is what are the sunnah nafil prayers. Sunnah means the practice of the Prophet ﷺ. By nafil means the grading of the juris. That's why I'm calling it sunnah nafil prayers. What does it mean? Salatul Ishraq, Salatul Duha, Yini Chast, the four sunnahs before the Fard of Asr, Salatul Awabin after Maghrib. 
tahajjud, salah, all of these things. Now we may not be able to pray each and every one of these prayers every day. Accept that. We're not asking for istikamat on that. But we're saying they should be there. There should be occasional use. They should be present in our book of deeds. It should not be that in our lives we have a four rakats and we have no name of God. We don't It shouldn't be like that. There should be at least occasional use, occasional offering of these different prayers. Another example from Hadith. Uh, before I finish the, uh, to, uh, the prayer issue, there's another type of prayer called Qadha, Qadha'i Umri. Those prayers are wajibal wajibal ada. What does that mean? That any fard prayer, any fajr, zuhr, asr, maghrib, isha, or witr, any fard or wajib prayer that a person missed in their life due to sleep, neglect, laziness, whatever reason, they have to make it up, they still have to offer. It remains an outstanding obligation on them. <coughs> so the way that a woman, if she has any such prayers incumbent due upon her, then what she should do is at those times that I mentioned, Ishraq, Jast, before Asr, after Maghrib, and the Hajjud time, at these five times she should pray her Qaza Salah instead of praying Nafal Salah. And then what will happen is she will get the Sawab and the phys- she will get the fazilat of praying at that time. So for example, whatever benefits the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned in Hadith about praying Ishraq or Jast or praying Awabin, if a woman even prays her Qaza prayer at that time, she will get those virtues and benefits. But she cannot double count the rakats. What does that mean if she prays four rakats Qaza of an Asr at the time of the four sunnahs before Asr? Those four rakats will be used for that earlier further asr that was outstanding. She can't use these four rakats for today's sunnah. So she won't get double swab of four rakats of that and four rakats of this. But if she prays it at the same time, she will get the fazila of that amal. What does it mean? So the only difference is that, that Sayyidina Rasulullah after Maghrib prayed six nafil rakats called awabin. And this woman after Maghrib, she'll pray six rakats of Qazai Umri as Awabin. At the time of Awabin. Alright, another ibadah that we should do occasionally. Istikamat also means that. Istikamat is one sense you do something every day. And it also means that something is not entirely absent from you. Occasional but regular offering. And what is that? To read the surahs of Quran at the times in which Sayyidina Rasulullah mentioned it is beneficial, it's also part of the Sunnah. For example, Surah Yaseen after Fajr, Surah Waqi after Maghrib, Surah Mulk at night, Surah Kahf on Fridays, etc. So a person should do some of those things some of the time. Their book of deeds should never be empty of this altogether. Then there's some other type of Nafl prayer also. Salatul Hajjah, Salatul Istikhara, Salatul Tawbah, Salatul Tasbih. Tahiyatul Masjid, Tahiyatul Wudu, plain, but the uh, unspecific nafil, such as for shukr or for any reason. So we should also, from time to time, every now and then, occasionally at least, pray some of these prayers. So this is how we get istikamah through ibadah. By having some nafil ibadah that we do every day, and having other, other nafil ibadah that we at least do them, if not every day, but on occasional, we, we do it occasionally, but we regularly do it occasionally.
fourth way that a person can get istikama. So for the first was istikama through toba, the second one istikama through taqwa, third is istikama through ivana, fourth is istikama through sohba. Sohba. As Allah SWT said in Quran, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanattakullaha wa kunu ma sadiqeen. So for women, sohbah means to read, to listen to the talks of our Mashaikh, to read the words and works of our Mashaikh, and to put herself in the company of the senior female students of our Mashaikh. That is her sohbah. And that sohbah can even be online. That's the first meaning of sohbah. Religious company. And that can even be online. Alhamdulillah for the women. My wife and other women, Mullimat, they have made a free online website, Zinam Academy Online, where you can get that sohbah, and you can get that company, where you can get things to study, to listen to, to read. So if a person increases and is regular in their sohbah, then they will be able to get istikamah. Regular in the sohbah, they will regularly be able to get istikama. The fifth thing is zikr. Specifically zikr. So, istikama through tawbah, istikama through taqwa, istikama through all different range of nafil ibadat. Fourth is istikama through sohbah. Fifth is istikama through zikr. And in our mashai specifically, this means zikr muraqabah. That a person should have istikamat in their muraqaba, in their zikr kalbi, in their silent zikr of the heart. What are the benefits of having istikamat in zikr? Number one, is that being whom you are remembering, that is mazkur. That zatim mazkur, that being whom you are remembering, you will have mahabba for them. This is natural, that the more and more zikr we do of Allah Taala, the more and more love we will feel for Allah Taala. Then everything above falls into place. The more love we have for Allah Taala, the more shame we feel over our sins, the more we we'll make true tawbah, the more we we'll be true muhasaba, the more love we have for Allah Taala, the more we'll have taqwa, the more we want to please Him, take step to please Him. The more love we have for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it will affect number three. The more we will have istikamah through ibadah. Because as we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more and more, we will want to do more and more nafil ibadah. And number four, the suhbah, the more we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more we will love the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more we will love the beloveds of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we will love more to be in their suhbah. This is by saying Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith, Allah That, oh Allah, increase me in my love for you and my love for those who are lovers of you. So the more love we have for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah increase us in our sohbah. So the first benefit of zikr is that when we do the zikr, when we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will get in love in our heart for that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who we are remembering. Second benefit of zikr, Zikr ki pabandigi, it means istikamat. Zikr ki pabandigi, say fikr ki gandigi durotiya. The more and more regular we are in our zikr, so this is now the next level for a person, the more and more we are regular in our zikr, then the more our thoughts will become pure. So much so that a person reaches, almost you can say, fanai akli, 
what does that mean? That even their thinking is governed by their zikr, so much now all of their thoughts are touched and influenced by their zikr. As opposed to their zikr being touched and influenced by their thoughts, if they have istiqamat and regularly make abundant zikr, instead of their zikr being affected and influenced by thoughts, their thoughts become affected and influenced by their zikr. Third benefit of zikr is itmanani kalb. That when a person has zikr kathir and then istiqamat on that regularly does that abundant zikr, then they will have itminan al-qalb. Then their heart will have peace, tranquility, serenity, contentment, happiness, pleasure in this world. In this world. Why? Because their heart will have fanayat and fanayat. Their heart will be fana and fida on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their heart will be lost in the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, absorbed in the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and their heart will have itminan. That brings us to the fourth benefit of zikr, and that is called ihya ibatin. Ihya ibatin. That means that when their kalb has so much zikr in it, kalb has love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in it, the kalb has itminan, that they will get ihya ibatin. Then their batin will come alive, and Allah Subhanahu will give them feelings inside. The feeling of taqwa will be revived. The feeling of haya will be revived. The feeling of sabr will be revived. The feeling of love for Allah Subhanahu will be revived. The feeling of fear for Allah Subhanahu will be revived. Their entire batin will be revived and ignited with the feelings that a mu'minin is supposed to feel. This is called ihya batin, the fourth benefit of being regular and constant in zikr. Fifth benefit that the Mashaik have mentioned, Imam al-Rabani, Mujadda al-Fisani, Shaykh Mr. Hindi al-Ta'ala, has called it Fanai Nafs. What does Fanai Nafs mean? That they get so absorbed, if they're regular in zikr, they get so absorbed in that zikr, so lost in that zikr, that now everything that was their nafs gets erased because of that zikr. The only thing they will have left is in, left is in nafsi mutmalla. Nafsi mutmalla. And then Imam al writes that this person has done so much zikr, so much zikr, that even if you were to give them 1,000 years life and tell them that their only job and task in those 1,000 years is to forget Allah Ta'ala for one second, they will have done so much zikr, even if they try to forget Allah subhanahu wa they're not able to do so. They could spend 1,000 years trying to forget Allah subhanahu Even then they won't be able to forget Allah subhanahu even for one second. Allah Akbar. This is the levels that a person will get, benefits that a person will get from doing zikr kathir. And then obviously the benefits of zikr and the akhirah are tremendous whether they keep away from a person the azab will cover the punishment of the grave, whether they grant a person a light on the Day of Judgment, a nur on the Day of Judgment, whether they make it successful for that person to pass the mizan and cross the bridge, ultimately to enter into akhirah. Another benefit of zikr in this world Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ That if you make zikr of me, I will make zikr of you. So that woman who regularly, regularly, regularly does zikr of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala that means Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala will regularly, regularly do zikr of her. As regular a zakir as she is, as regular as a mazkur she will become. 
as regular a dhakr she is, as regularly a madhkur she will become. And this is one of the beautiful things in her deen of Islam. That if a woman or man, they make zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remembers them. Allah ta'ala sends the door of his hidayah and his rahmah onto them. Allah ta'ala sends his fazl and karam onto them. So if we do zikr regularly, constantly, consistently, have istikama to it every day, then that means Allah Ta'ala is doing zikr of us every day. And that heart, that Allah Ta'ala does zikr of that heart every day, then sooner or later that heart will definitely change, will definitely melt, will definitely become overwhelmed with the love for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So the fifth way to get istikama is to have istikamat in our zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To have istikamat in our zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when a person makes this effort, Allah ta'ala said in Quran, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهُدُوا فِيْنَا لَنَحْنِيَنَّهُمْ سُمُلُنَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَمَا الْمُسْنِينَ That all those who make mujahada in our path, Allah Ta'ala says that we that grant to them, we will unveil upon them, we will open up to their hearts, we will open up for them, we will send a hidayah to them, sumulana, about multiple, multiple ways and paths that lead to us. So what does this mean now? The next thing is number six, that when we do, uh, the, the next benefit of zikr was that when we do have istikamat in our zikr, when we regularly do zikr means Allah Ta'ala will regularly remember us. Allah Ta'ala will constantly, consistently make special zikr of us, special remembrance of us. And when we get that, then we get everything in, in this world and all that it contains. Then we get the love and pleasure of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala because we get this feeling of istikamat in our zikr. So if a woman was to learn these five things, istikamat and tawba, istikamat and taqwa, istikamat and ibadah, istikamat and tawba, istikamat and zikr, then once again she would be able to make herself the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the beloved of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She would be able to attract Allah Ta'ala's mercy into her heart. She would become one of those women that when she raises her hands in dua, Allah subhanahu wa grants each and every one of her dua. She will become amongst the zakirat, amongst the muhsinat. She will become amongst those women believers who are noble and virtuous and excellent and who remember Allah subhanahu wa abundantly and all the time. So this is why it's important that every single one, woman and man, should make niya in their heart. They want to have istikama in their life. They want to do amal on every single thing that will lead them to istikama. They want to raise their children on that istikama. They want to have a household that reflects a home and household that reflects the istikama. If we make that niyyah, we make that effort, Allah subhanahu will grant it to us. Allah subhanahu is the name of that being. He grants servants according to His wish, not according to their need. He grants servants according to his generosity, not according to their sincerity. 
we look at the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we look at the wish of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we ask Him to shower all of these blessings on our hearts. We ask Him to accept us for the purification of the heart. We ask that He grant us istikama. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we never want to return to the sins that we did. That once we make tawbah to You, Ya Allah, we want to pledge ourselves to You. And Ya Rabbi Kareem, once we've made tawbah and pledged ourselves to the sunnah, we want never and ever to blatantly leave any of the sunnah. And we want always to do ibadah of You, always to do zikr of you, always to have sohbah with those who love you. This is what our attention should be. And every woman should have the deep intention in her heart that she wants to inculcate and follow and practice all of the sifat of the sahabiyat, all of the sifat of the ammahat al-mu'mineen, all of the sifat of the pious salihat women who have lived in this ummah and who are alive still today. And if she can get this istikama of tawbah, taqwa, ibadah, sobah, and zikr in her heart, then she will be able to also be part of this ayah. فَاسْتَكِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ وَمَنْ تَعْبَ Allah Ta'ala said that, O oh, Prophet you must have istikama as you have been commanded. And all of those and any such those who have made tawbah to you, may Allah Ta'ala accept this intention on our behalf. May He accept us for a life of tazkiyah, a life of purification, a life of istikama, a life of being regular. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تكفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين يا الله يا رب كريم يا الله we ask that you forgive us for all of our sins يا الله forgive us for our lack of istikama يا الله we have become always fluctuating in our deen wavering in our deen يا الله we want to become unwavering in our deen we want to become steadfast in our deen make us steadfast يا الله make us persevere يا الله make us strong يا الله Allah, make us firm, Ya Allah. Make our hearts from on the deen. Make our lives from on the deen. Let us have istikama in our tawbah, Ya Allah. Grant us istikama in our taqwa, Ya Allah. Grant us istikama in our ibadah, Ya Allah. Grant us istikama in our suhbat, tazkiyah, islah, Ya Allah. Grant us istikama in our zikr, nafil ibadah, Ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, humare gunaah ko maaf farma. Ya Rabbi Kareem, humare dolangi ko maaf farma. ہمارے سستی غفلت کو معاف فرما ہمارے غفلت کی عادت کو ختم فرما یا نبی کریم ہمیں عبادت کی عادت نصیب فرما آپ کی محبت کی عادت نصیب فرما آپ کی خشیت کی عادت نصیب فرما ہم سب کو بھی استقامت والا بنا یا نبی کریم تمام عورتوں کو امہات و مؤمنین اور صحابیات کا نمونہ بنا امہات و مؤمنین صحابیات کے صفات ان کو نصیب فرما یا نبی کریم آج بھی امت کا تقاضا ہے یا عرب کریم ان سب عورتوں کو صابرات میں سے بنا کانتات میں سے بنا صادقات میں سے بنا متصدقات میں سے بنا ذاکرات میں سے بنا حقیقی معنی میں مؤمنات میں سے بنا یعنی عرب 
بکریم یہ آپ کو چاہتی ہیں آپ کی چاہت میں چل کر آئے ہیں یار بکریم اپنا اپنی چاہت ان کو دے دیجئے اپنی محمد ان کو نصیب کر دیجئے اپنی محبوبیت ان کو شر کر دیجئے یار بکریم ان تمام عورتوں کو اپنے مقبول محبوب بندیوں میں سے شامل فرما یار بکریم جو گھر میں پریشان ہے اس کی پریشانیوں کو دور فرما تمام اہل خانہ خاندان کو دین کی طرف مال فرما ان کی دلوں کو دین پر نرم فرما بکریم جو ماں ہیں اپنے بچوں کی وجہ سے پریشان ہیں بکریم اس پریشانیوں کو دور فرما بچوں کو صحیح مانند میں تربیت کرنا آسان بنا بچوں کی تربیت کا حق ادا کرنے توفیق عطا فرما بکریم جو عورت ہے بچے نہیں یعنی بکریم ان کو اولاد کی نعمت نصیب فرما یعنی بکریم صبر جمیل عطا فرما یعنی بکریم شکر جمیل عطا فرما یعنی بکریم جو نوجوان بچے کے ابھی رشتے طے ہونے والے ہیں یا جس کے گھر میں ایسے بچے ہیں یعنی بکریم ان کے لیے نیک سالے قدردان رشتے نصیب فرما یعنی بکریم اپنی محمد کے لیے ایک جوڑی قبول فرما اپنے دین کے لیے ان جوڑیوں کو قبول فرما اپنے ذکر کے لیے ان جوڑے کو قبول فرما یعنی بکریم جو گھریلو مسائل کی وجہ سے پریشان ہیں یعنی بکریم ان پریشانیوں کو دور فرما سب کا غصہ کو دور فرما کینا سے ہمیں صاف فرما بغض سے ہمیں صاف فرما غیبت سے ہمیں صاف فرما انہیں ایک دوسرے کے ساتھ پیار محبت رہنے کی توفیق نصیب فرما ایک بن کر نیک رہنے کی نصیب فرما اپنی یاد آپ کی محبت میں جمع ہونے کی ہمیں قبول فرما یا رب کریم عورت کس کے سامنے اپنا غم بیان کریں وہ آپ ہی کو پکار سکتی ہیں یا رب کریم آپ کو دل کے دھیر جاننے والے ہیں دلی فریادوں کو قبول کر لیجئے پکارنے والوں کی پکار کو سن لیجئے یا رب کریم ہماری دعاؤں کو اپنے رحمت کرم فضل سے قبول کر لیجئے ہر کمزور کھوی کو پکارتا ہے یا قوی ہم آپ کو پکار رہے ہیں ہم اپنے کمزور لے کر آئے ہیں درنگی لے کر آئے ہیں سستیاں لے کر آئے ہیں گناہ لے کر آئے ہیں ہم ناکام ہیں ناکمے ہیں بکریم ہمیں قبول کر لیجئے ہمیں صالحین صالحات میں سے بنا دیجئے ہمیں اپنے نیک پرہیزگار بندے بندے میں سے بنا دیجئے بکریم دین میں صلاحیت عطا فرما تقوی کی صفت عطا فرما حیا کی صفت عطا فرما تمام عورتوں کو سیدت مریم اللہ تعالیٰ عنہ والی صفات نصیب فرما ان کا کردار عطا فرما ام مؤمنین عائشہ ام مؤمنین خدیجہ بی بی فاطمہ ان سب کے صفات ان کو عطا فرما یار بکریم سے مرد کو صحابہ کے صفات عطا فرما نبی کریم سسم کے سنت سے ہمیں مزین فرما اور ہمارے باطن کو اپنے معرفت سے منور فرما یار بکریم جس کے بھی جو پریشان ہے اس پریشانیوں کو دور فرما جس کے گھر میں بے بیماری ہے اس بیماری کو دور فرما اس بیماری کی نعمت کو صحت کی نعمت میں تبدیل فرما یعنی بکریم جس کے گھر میں رسک کی پریشانیاں ہیں رسک کے حلال طیب عطا فرما یعنی بکریم جو بھی پریشانیاں ہیں اس پریشانی کا حل فرما اور ہمیں شکر گزار بنا اپنے شکر گزار بندے بندیوں میں سے شامل فرما یعنی بکریم جس 
اس علاقے میں جو بھی مولمات ہیں علمات ہیں جہاں بھی وہ دین کی خدمت کر رہی ہیں دعوت کر رہی ہیں درس دے رہی ہیں یعنی بے کریم ان کی تمام کوششوں کو قبول فرما ان ہر ایک ایک کو مینارہ نور بنا عورتوں کے دل کو ان کی طرف متوجہ بنا یعنی بے کریم اس علاقے سے ایسے عورتوں کو پیدا فرما جو آپ کے دین کے مولمات ہیں آپ کی دین کے خادمات ہیں آپ کے آشکات ہیں آپ کے نبی کریم سسم کے آشکات ہیں آپ کے دین کے حافظات ہیں اپنے حیا کے حافظات ہیں اور یار بکرین ایسے عورتوں کو دین کا نور کو جگہ جگہ پہنچانے کی توفیق عطا فرما ہر گھر میں ہر خاندان میں ہر عورت پر ان کو نور پہنچانے کی توفیق عطا فرما اور جو ہمارے بہنیں بیٹیاں جو آپ سے دور ہیں آپ سے غافل ہیں آپ سے ناواقف ہیں یا رب کریم اپنے حیا کو بھول بیٹھی ہیں اپنے رب کو بھول بیٹھی ہیں رب کریم اپنے خصوصی ہدایت ان پر نازل فرما رب کریم یہ بنات امہات ہیں یہ تو بنات رسول ہیں ہماری امت کی عزت ان کے ہاتھوں میں ہے رب کریم ہمارے امت کی عزت کو شرف کر لیجئے عزت کی حفاظت کر لیجئے تمام مسلمان عورتوں کو باعزت بنا دیجئے اپنے خصوصی رحمت نازل فرما دیجئے کرم کا معاملہ فرما دیجئے سب کی حفاظت کر لیجئے یا اللہ رب کریم اپنے کرم فضل سے ہمارے ان دعاؤں کو قبول کر لیجئے ربنا تکمل منا انکا انت السمیع العلیم اتوبو علینا انکا انت التواب الرحیم وصلی اللہ تعالی علی حبیبہ سیدنا محمد وعلی آلہ وصحبہ اجمائین برحمتک یا ارحم الراحمین آمین